The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is Krista Kennard, who is Director, Artificial Intelligence Center of Excellence at Technology Transformation Services at the General Services Administration, GSA. Hi, Krista. Thank you so much for joining us on the AI Today podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Welcome, Krista, and thanks for joining us today. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at GSA's Center of Excellence. Sure. So before joining the Centers of Excellence, I was actually working in industry for a government contractor as a data scientist and technical lead. So I was doing a lot of development work on AI solutions for use in government. It was really exciting work. And I did truly love it. But one of the challenges that I was facing as I was working on these teams to develop these solutions was that government isn't always ready to receive this technology. So what I saw was that technology is really just one piece of the puzzle for doing AI implementation. So I decided to join government, specifically the Centers of Excellence, because of this focus on driving and accelerating AI adoption across government, including all of those different challenges and puzzle pieces beyond just the technology itself to make these solutions a success. Yeah, that's great. You know, I think that's a lot of things. You know, when people think about technology implementation and innovation, they don't always think of the government as the first place where they see that innovation. They think, of course, of technology companies and startups, and they think of enterprises, large and small, as being sort of first movers here. But that's not necessarily the case, especially with artificial intelligence. I know that one of the things we've been doing a lot here at AI Today is covering all these implementations of AI across the government. Kathleen and I also host the AI in Government event series, which is both online and was in person in the past. And we know we continue to be surprised and amazed and fascinated by all these great implementations of AI in the government. And I think part of it is that, you know, the federal government in particular has made AI a priority. So, you know, where do you see federal agencies today in their AI adoption? I think you're absolutely right, Ron. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the government being old and stodgy and not innovative, but I am constantly impressed by what I hear from agencies across the spectrum, not just defense and intelligence, not just scientific agencies, but also agencies doing federal civilian work and doing direct mission delivery, really thinking deeply about how artificial intelligence can help these agencies and their subcomponent agencies meet their mission. And I would say that the AI field is wide open in government all along the the spectrum, right? And I think some agencies are certainly more advanced in their ability to pull in AI. You see some agencies that are already moving towards ability and production and, and really building out that data and cloud infrastructure to be able to support it. But so many more are starting to look to pilots and prototyping and really thinking deeply around how can they build out their organization to support artificial intelligence as a tool that's really going to help meet their mission. And I think that you're starting to see it at a couple of different levels. Certainly, you're starting to see this at the mission level, right? How do we directly deliver the services or or the mission that a specific agency is focused on? 
But you're also starting to see it at more of an organizational level, right? In that mission support space of, all right, it's not just an enabler for direct mission delivery, but it's really an enabler to support our federal employees and our federal workforce to really be able to do their job the best that they can. And so that's where you're really starting to see people think about this as something that can help perhaps an individual project or program, but also moving towards that enterprise level thinking for adoption. You know, it's interesting because we've seen that the government has been very thoughtful in their approach to AI. And it's great that, you know, we're getting it at a mission level, but also an organization level as well, because I think that people are really trying to say, okay, how can this help overall? And then how can this help me perform this task better or my job better, my role better? How can I better serve citizens? So we've seen a lot of really thought put into how AI is going to be implemented and adopted within the government. But as a government agency, there can be challenges with adoption that maybe industry doesn't have, especially with new technology and artificial intelligence, you know, being so transformative. So can you share with us some of the challenges that you've seen with AI adoption and then maybe some of the use cases where AI adoption has been easier? Sure. So there's really two key factors that I see as big challenges in kind of the government space. And I honestly, I don't think that these are particularly unique to government. I think the way that we address them is is likely going to be unique to government. And the first is absolutely data, right? As agencies start looking to adopt AI, you really need to be looking at what is that data infrastructure? What is that data management plan? What are the data governance models in place to make sure that we are adequately housing, ingesting, cleaning, evaluating the data that's going to be going into these AI models to make sure that we are really setting them up to be successful and to deliver the value in a, in a responsible way that we want it to be able to be doing. And I think that that's a big leap for a lot of organizations. And I would say that many organizations are still deeply thinking about what does our data house look like? And I think that that's okay, right? I think that there can be some parallel effort of understanding your data, making sure it's housed in a way that is accessible, that can be consumed by an AI model, and also doing some prototyping and some piloting on some limited data sets. I think that those are some parallel efforts that can be happening. But really to get to operationalized AI at scale, that data backbone really needs to be in place. And so as we talk about doing AI prototypes, we also really need to be deeply addressing what is the data infrastructure to be able to support that. The second really big challenge that I would see is, of course, the change management and the organizational change that goes along with it. Again, I don't think that this is unique to government, right? I think that you see this happening a lot in industry. But the government is unique in how they organize their programs and their organizations and how they put people in different roles. And so I think that a really big piece of the puzzle for driving AI solutions to success is thinking about who in your organization needs to be educated on this, needs to be aware of an individual solution that we're building, but also learning more broadly around what is AI as a technology and how can it really be an enabler for for the organization. And so especially here at the Centers of Excellence, when we do any kind of implementation with an agency, we always think about the organization and the people that are involved and making sure that the people support is also there to really drive the solution. Because it doesn't really matter if you build the greatest model of all time, if it can't be consumed, if it can't be used and understood by the people who are really working to deliver on the mission, it's not going to be a success. 
Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, we always say start small, think big, iterate often, and make sure that you're working on projects that actually will deliver an ROI. Not something that, you know, it's just a little toy project that you're working on, but that actually won't get adoption. And we have in our CPM AI methodology, an AI go, no go. And one of the questions that needs to be answered, yes, in order for you to move forward is, will this be adopted once it put into place? And if the answer is no, then don't move forward. You need to make sure that you get adoption and buy-in. Otherwise, you're just working towards nothing. And you also brought up data. And data is super important because data is at the heart of AI. So how have you seen individuals understand the importance of data? And how are you guys helping educate them and getting data in a useful state? Because, you know, a large majority, about 80% of AI projects can be data collection, data cleansing problems. So how are you educating folks around data? That's a really important point. And you're right. Data is such a critical piece to AI. And so much of the work is honestly finding and massaging the data, right? And getting it into a format that is going to be able to be fed through a model or to train a model. There is a huge people element to data and finding out who are those data owners and those data stewards, right? Which often is not a role that you hear actively being used, but is absolutely a role that we advocate for because somebody needs to know what is in that data and how it's going to be used and being able to manage the relationship between the different parties that are going to need to be able to access that data. So a big piece of gathering data and collecting data is making sure you have the right people in the room and making sure that those barriers to access start coming down which can be a large challenge, especially with the way that the government has their data infrastructure kind of set up as it is. And sometimes there's a huge step for actually digitizing that data, right? And even if it is digital, right, that digital form may be something like a PDF or a Word document, right? So being able to extract that and get it into a storage place where it can be aggregated and really leveraged and mass is a really big challenge. And that's something that we help our partner agencies work through as we get to, all right, now you've actually got a cohesive data set that's going to be representative of whatever it is we're trying to make a model of. Yeah, I think that's very important. I mean, that's the data part in data science. So (laughs) hopefully people you know, understand sort of the the criticality to it. People, you know, there's a tendency to think of artificial intelligence as application development. But, you know, as folks know, especially those who have been through the course and the training that we put together and just all this other information that, you know, it's really about data much more so than it is about application functionality. So we talked about all these different ways in which AI is being adopted in the government, you know, from different various different use cases. So what are you seeing as some of the most interesting use cases so far with the government's adoption of artificial intelligence? That's a really good question. And it's actually one that I get a lot, right? Because I think we're at this very exciting stage where we're starting to gain momentum and people are curious about how can AI be a useful tool for me? And I think the best way to do that is look to examples of where this has already been done successfully or honestly, unsuccessfully. I think that this is absolutely a space where we need to be looking at where did it maybe not work as well as we wanted to and how can we learn from those lessons? So some of the use cases that I'm most excited about are, honestly, there's some really great work being done in fraud identification and prevention, right? That's a place where we've got a lot of good data and some really smart folks thinking about how can we do this in a way that is really leveraging the data that we have. 
customer service, right? I know that the government has a big focus on how can we improve kind of citizen experience, right? And so you're seeing a lot of, I think, application of artificial intelligence to be able to increase, right, how we serve the people of this country. And that's happening through intelligent call centers. That's happening through chatbots and virtual assistants. We're also starting to see that in the space of disaster assistance, right? using video and social media analysis to really support those efforts. I think the cybersecurity space is really ripe for automation and artificial intelligence. So I think there's some really interesting use cases that are happening in, in the space. And I think that they serve as really great examples and inspiration for how people who maybe aren't yet adopting AI can start thinking about where are good places to start. You know, we see a lot of innovation and really excellent use cases within the government. Ron had mentioned that we run the AI in government event that it is now virtual. And so we actually had you, Krista, on it, which was great. And so I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. But we encourage our listeners to check out the event. It's run monthly because we highlight and showcase how different agencies within the federal government, but we're also expanding to state and local and international as well, how they're using artificial intelligence. Now, today, not just, you know, dreams and five, 10 years from now, but how they're actually using it today. And we've seen a lot of really amazing use cases around chatbots and around predictive analytics solutions, things like that. I mean, we encourage our listeners to check out AIandgovernment.com if they'd like to see the wide range of things that have been presented there. Within the AI Center of Excellence itself, how is it being applied to improve or otherwise enhance what's happening with AI in general in the government? So I think one thing that the Centers of Excellence really tries to focus on is that AI is not a one-size-fits-all technology, right? It's really not plug-and-play as much as I think some people would really like it to be. And there's really a lot that goes into making an AI project a success. So one of the things that we really focus on at the AI Centers of Excellence is helping an agency understand where they currently are in terms of their organizational maturity and readiness for AI and building not only the strategy, but also actually taking them along the journey to get to what their version of success is for AI. Because different agencies have different definitions of what AI success looks like, right? One definition of success may be an AI project, whereas others may be an entire enterprise-level AI shop. I think one of the greatest value adds that the Centers of Excellence really can bring is that deeper understanding of what does that success look like for your organization and then providing that handholding to really get you and being that trusted advisor to really get agencies to where they need to be. So what that means is we do acquisition, we do implementation, and we do strategy and governance work to really make sure that these agencies are set up for success. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, that's part of it. Then the best practices and really a methodology and setting up for success. Yeah, that's great. You know, we always like to hear about that. Now, we always like to end the podcast with the same question. What do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations, governments, and beyond? I think AI has the potential to truly change the way that the government serves the people of this country. But we have to be realistic about what the technology can do. We're not talking about robots taking over and doing all the work, right? We're not talking about rise of the machine. We're talking about using this technology, which at its core is software and math to solve the complex challenges that agencies face in delivering their mission. 
I mean, I love working for the government because I think that the government is trying to solve some of our society's most difficult challenges. And everyone I meet working in the government has that same passion. And so I really see AI as a tool that empowers those passionate people to really be able to deliver on that mission. Yeah, I think that's part of the goal in general. You know, AI is an enabling technology and it's a transformative technology. You know, people need to understand that it changes the way that things are being done. And part of it has to do with the technology, but a lot of it has to do with people and processes and getting people to change the way they're doing things sometimes requires some big changes. Like, you know, maybe in the, the world around us, people may not have engaged with chatbots before because they didn't want to. Now, maybe they realize the benefit of, you know, working from home and, and you know, experiencing things virtually and maybe not having to go to a government office or maybe even pick up the phone because phone lines are you know much, much more difficult. And even the folks who work at the government, they may be working from home. So, you know, that's a lot of these things. Sometimes it's more about people and process change than it is about the technology. But the great thing about what we're seeing with all the various patterns of AI is that it's enabling this change. So fantastic feedback. I think this is great insight. I hope we're motivating a lot of people to see sort of the federal government, governments in general as leading edge innovators of AI and not sort of the followers of technology, maybe as my people may have expected. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And for our listeners, we will have Krista on a bonus episode. So we encourage you to check that out as well. Krista, thank you so much for joining us on the AI Today podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And as Kathleen just mentioned, so we're having Krista on for a bonus episode. We're going to be asking a few more questions and following up a little more deeply on some of the topics here. So we hopefully encourage you to listen to that bonus episode. You should go to AIToday.live, register as a user on the Cognolytica site. That will enable you to access not only the bonus episode for this particular podcast, but all the bonus episodes. And you can also receive the newsletter, the AI Today newsletter, which highlights much of the news, the research, the events, and all sorts of interesting things that are happening in the area of AI today. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.